I sounded bad on that show on Friday. I think I deserve some sort of award for getting through that show. I struggle hope I sound bus. a little bit better. You were on I the was, struggle bus there. Yeah. I was. I was. <laughs> I'm not much better right now. <laughs> I'm struggle bus right now, too. I'm drinking. I am, I am being what they call a basic B, Ian. I am drinking right now my decaf coffee, but the coffee that I'm drinking, the decaf coffee, is called White Christmas Decaf, which is like, it tastes like Christmas. It's like a cinnamon... All it's right, like cinnamon heaven. Now, now and then down. and then this is this is where hold on this is where I be, really become the basic B because then I put pumpkin spice creamer into my white christmas decaf coffee. Okay. Now we're going down a deep hole here, right? As the Seahawks lead the Giants 7 zip, 12:55 to go in the second quarter. Um yeah, for you fantasy football freaks out there, Geno Smith 6 of 7, 45 yards, one touchdown and DK Metcalf has a score. As far as the Giants, we got nada, zilch, zero. So there you go. For you fantasy football folks, you have nothing to worry about right now. But to your point, Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. It has already invaded. It, it used to invade Thanksgiving. And you disrespect the turkey. Now Christmas is already being set up in every Home Depot, every Lowe's. I mean, it's there. It's already here to the point where I drove back Look, I love Stark Vegas. Starkville, Mississippi is a phenomenal college football town with a grass field. And Amber, you worked a game with me early this year. You know how much I just adore walking around on a grass field versus field turf for seven hours. Uh, grass it, fields are great. Uh, cowbells are not. And I dealt with the cow. <laughs> I, I kind of like the, the cowbells are fine. My ears are still oh. ringing. But to your point, yes. It can get a little bit over, over overwhelming. But I drove back to Tuscaloosa. And what are they playing when I get back to T-Town? To Trip Rogers' home? My good, my good friend who I opened up the Industry Irish Pub with. And he's playing Christmas carols on his no. front porch. Yes! <laughs> yes! Now, oh, it was really? 1.30 in the morning. It October yet. Right? It was 1.30 a.m., right? And he may have been in a bit of a different frame of mind than the rest oh, of us were, right? But it's still Christmas carols in October. We haven't even hit the pumpkin yet. And yet, here is Christmas everywhere. And what are you drinking again right now? Christmas in a cup is what there I'm drinking. There you go, right? But it's also there. kind of fall in a cup because there's pumpkin spice in here as well, oh and that's really gosh. the only way to experience fall in Florida <laughs> is if I put it quite literally in my cup because there ain't no other fall around here. Mercy, my dear mercy. Way too soon for Christmas. Thank you. Can't you. be doing that. But uh, also, I had coffee this morning and I had a pumpkin spice creamer in mine too. That's fine. Hey, you're, you're, seems being a basic. Thing. You are not embracing always. the pumpkin in Halloween. You're not disrespecting the turkey. You are not fast forwarding to the fat man coming down the chimney. So yeah, I'm with you. The month of October, it is appropriate. Like the calendar is officially October. It's appropriate pumpkin everything. Yes, I, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Do pumpkin everything. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a I'm good with that. Guy Absolutely. I love, the, I, I love October. I love. Yeah. Halloween. Fall golf, all of it. Yeah. Come the on. thing that makes this decision, though, Amber, does it taste like Christmas or does it taste like fall? Oh, now Rachel. It, now, now that you put like, the pumpkin spice in there, you got to pick one. Right. Well, now I think it's more, it's, it's giving me, it's giving me fall right now, Rachel. So does it it's taste like Thanksgiving? Fall. In other words, she's not going to answer the question, Rachel. But she said it tastes like, like fall. An apple. I'll have to find like an apple creamer or something to make it more like Thanksgiving. Okay, we, but if it tastes November. like fall, then it's okay. I, yeah, I vote it tastes, okay. 
It tastes like fall. Amber Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Not the best fall for the Pittsburgh Steelers so far. Uh, they got waxed by the Houston Texans, 30-6. to six. The Texans sitting at 2-2 two and two on the season. The Steelers sitting at 2-2 two and two on the season. But the Steelers have not looked good because also the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers has not looked good. And there was a lot of expectations for Kenny Pickett coming into the season, Ian, because he looked good at the end of last season. And then he looked great in the preseason. And then all of a sudden, he's doing things like 15 for 23, 114 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. He was a preseason pro bowler, right? I mean, we've heard it. We've, we've, we've I mean, seen it, heard it a million times <laughs> and witnessed it a million times. And right now, a lot of people are going, move on from Kenny Pickett. I'm not one of those guys. A lot of people were willing to move on from Tua Tungabaloa with the Miami Dolphins. And he's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's his biggest thing. But even early on, I mean, he was making bad reads. But every young quarterback does that. I, I, we, we have... More examples of failures in their first two years as young quarterbacks in the league. The list goes, I mean, it's about 800 pages long. And then the the quarterbacks that are remarkably successful in their first two years in the NFL is about a page long. That's it. And the last guy to, to, to win double-digit games in his first two years in the NFL, Andrew Luck. That's it. That's the list. So everyone's saying, well, Kenny Pickett's a problem. No, it's not just Kenny Pickett. And I'm not going to, I mean, like, was I a big, huge fan of him coming out of, you know, Pittsburgh being the Panthers? No, I wasn't. But, I mean, he got one games. And obviously Mike Tomlin, who I respect immensely, who's never had a losing season as a head coach of the Steelers, saw something in him also, Amber. So, look, I mean, again, the first quarter of the season, they're 500. Is that awful? No. Is it where they want to be? No. But right now in the moment, a lot of people are saying Kenny Pickett ain't it. Now all I'm telling you is be patient because every NFL general manager, every NFL scout, every NFL offensive coordinator, every NFL head coach has to be patient with young quarterbacks in this league. Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, recognizes there is an issue and says changes have to be made. Hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today, and so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this week. So what are those changes, though, that can be made? I'm with you. It ain't Kenny Pickett. Because, yes, it has looked very rough here the first four weeks of the season. Particularly against the Texans, it looked terrible. But at the same time, you saw flashes from him in his rookie year. You saw what he's capable of. And these guys need some time to develop. So I'm not out yet on Kenny Pickett. Almost and you experienced it with your guy, fully. Tua Tagovailoa. You're yeah, a Miami I, fan. Yeah, that's so a good you've seen point. It. I will say, though, with Tua... It's different coordinator, different coordinator, different court, different head coach, Which different coordinator, like every year, right? And that's not what's happening here with Kenny Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett, it's Mike Tomlin, who's arguably the best coach in the NFL, and Is it's it Matt, Matt Canada. Canada, the offensive right. coordinator and, in the system. And, and so it's one consistent system. Now, Canada's system's a difficult system. Canada, when he came in, 
to Pittsburgh. I thought Ben Roethlisberger was going to have a hard time running back Canada's system. I thought it was an odd hire because Ben Roethlisberger at that point was what thirty eight year old Brent Ben Pure drawback statue yeah. in the pocket. Exactly, Canada could not wants move. To move you around. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I thought this is not the OC for that. You know, so you knew Big Ben was on his way out because the pairing didn't make sense. And then enter Kenny Pickett. And he looked good under Canada's system at the end of last season. And now he doesn't look like he can execute that system very well. The Steelers didn't cross a 50-yard line in the first half of the game against Houston. The Steelers' offense has only scored 20-plus points under Matt Canada 10 times and has yet to produce more than 400 yards as a unit under Matt Canada. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett has thrown 12 interceptions on just 11 touchdowns in 16 starts in the NFL. So the numbers aren't good. Matt Canada's offense is not producing under two different quarterbacks so far. The Steelers are very publicly supportive of Matt Canada. But I do wonder, is that the seat that's going to get hot at the end of the year? Because what change could Mike Tomlin be referencing? Uh, Any. (laughs) I mean, literally, any. Because... I, any change he wants to make, I back. Because the man has never had a losing season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's got rings. So whatever change that man thinks is necessary, go get him, coach. On the other side, tip of the cap quickly to to the to D'Amico Ryans, mm-hmm. rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. And going again, first quarter of the season in the books, right? And the Houston Texans are 2-2. Two and two. And C.J. Stroud, in the very, very, very small sample size, is starting to look the part. And their defense, Henry Toa Toa out of Alabama, is looking like a steal at linebacker. Harris was a beast. These guys are playing hardcore, sideline-to-sideline, ball-hawking football. Give them a, a big old tip of the cap right now. Houston Texans are way better than people thought they were going to be. Amen. I mean, C.J. Stroud, 16 of 30, but 306 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He has looked like the real deal here through the first four games, and it's on that team. And we spent a lot of time, Ian, talking about, oh, is it fair to these guys at the top of the draft because they go to these bad teams? Like, there's this idea out there that, like, somehow we're punishing, you know, the top picks because they go to bad teams, even though they are paid more um, based on their draft status, nevertheless. So is C.J. Stroud going to be ruined because he's going to a bad team? Bryce Young to the Carolina Panthers. Right. Well, Bryce Young, but what's funny about the Bryce Young experience, it's <laughs> sorry, eh, that's a, well, not totally healed from Friday. You're there. I got you. Um, Bryce Young is getting trucked out there and not looking great so far, but he didn't go to the Bears. He went to the Panthers. We thought that was going to be an upgrade there for Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud was seemingly going to the worst team in the Texans, and he looks a heck of a lot better. Anthony Richardson looks pretty good. He certainly looks great in the second half of their game yesterday, and he's surprised a lot of people on a bad Colts team, right? So you can have those moments improve yourself as a quarterback, even on a bad team. I think that's what we're learning from this year's rookies. Coming up next, we're going to get more into these other storylines around week four. The Bears are still bad. That's still a thing. But the Bucks and Baker Mayfield is good. I will get into all of it. Amber Deans on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Some surprising things that came out of week four. There were some unsurprising things that came out of week four. Amber and Ian's presented to you by Progressive. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me at Amber W Sports. The world to the the, the world. Actually, the road. The wo- road to the world. James, don't give me that look. Okay. The road to the... What do you think? I'm a professional over here. The road to the yeah, World Series. Kind of talk when you're on the radio. So. Go... It's not like I get paid to talk or anything. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So I mentioned there was things that were surprising and things that were not surprising. And one of the things that was probably not surprising is that the Bears are bad. We already knew the Bears were bad. And the Bears lost to the Denver Broncos. That's not the surprising part. The surprising part was how this game went, Ian. And the fact that the Bears had an opportunity. The fact that this game was so crazy with the blown... What was the lead at one point? I mean, it was like a 20-point lead that gets blown. 28-7 to in the third quarter. Was it 28-7 to in Chicago? Yeah. And they Broncos storm all the way back, end up winning this thing 31-28. to it was a disastrous performance by the Bears. It was almost like nobody wanted to win this thing. All right. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, one, the Denver Broncos showed some heart after being trucked by your Miami Dolphins uh, to the tune of 50 points You know, just the previous week. The other side is that, I mean, if you're the Bears and you're trying to, to avoid going over in the first quarter of the season and you're up 28-7, to did you blow that lead in the third quarter? I mean, that's hard to do. It really is. And they found a way to do it. Justin Fields went 28 of 35 for over 300 yards. Four touchdown passes. Only had the one INT. Wasn't on him. I mean, DJ, he actually hooked up with DJ Moore for the first time. What, targeted him, what, nine times? Hit eight of them for a buck 30 and a, and a tud? And, but the, this time it wasn't the offense. It was the other side of the ball. You know, and, and the defense. And if you're Matt Eberflus, the head coach of, of the Bears, you have a lot of soul searching right now that you have to do. 
because this one was about as bad of a loss as you can sustain early in the season. We knew the Bears' defense was going to be bad. Frankly, it was the offense that we thought might be okay for Chicago. And and I say okay with sort of air quotes around it because if you really knew this team, you weren't expecting anything great from this team. But that offense has some weapons. And Justin Fields, we know what he had looked like through the first three games of the season. And there was a lot of questions. And a lot of people all of a sudden owled on Justin Fields. And Justin Fields was absolutely not the problem here. Frankly, Russell Wilson was not the problem either for the Denver Broncos, right? I mean, these are two quarterbacks that have been nothing but criticized here early in the season. And frankly, both of them were facing the adversity. They rose above it. Zach Wilson, one of those quarterbacks that falls into that conversation, just able to shake off an unbelievable amount of criticism. And so I give Justin Fields credit for being able to do that because he has been criticized over and over again here through the first four weeks. It's weird the way that Eberflus and his team are calling things there. I feel like, like I still don't understand why Justin Fields isn't running at all. Like why? But what? What? Why yeah, are we still it, taking it, away the best parts of Justin Fields? That seems strange to me. Still, even though he was good in this game. Yeah, but you know what, Amber? He's got to be smart when he does run it. You know, it, it's it's in college. Get out of bounds. Get down. Right. Patrick Mahomes is by far, in my opinion, the best at it. He has this remarkable innate sixth sense where. He senses trouble coming, right? Sees it and gets down. Whether it's a three-yard gain or, or a 13-yard gain, whatever. Or he, he, And again, he was a baseball player. He was a dual-sport athlete, which leads me to another conversation where, man, every mom and dad out there, if your son or daughter wants to play multiple sports, let them. It, it just benefits them in every form or fashion. Baseball, basketball, football, Whatever their primary, their best sport might be, let them play other sports. Because you watch Justin, like Justin Fields is a hell of an athlete, right? And he gets out of bounds and, and he slides, but sometimes he just tries to run over people. And you can't do that. Not in this league. In college, you can't, Amber, but not in this league. Mahomes is the best. I mean, have you ever seen a guy with that kind of innate ability to get every yard out of a scramble, out of a, you know, off the cuff play? And there he slides at the perfect time or finds a way to get every yard and dive out of bounds or just stroll out of bounds before he gets hit. That's something that I think Fields still has to work on because it feels like he's so intense in trying to help his team that he's trying to show his teammates, I'm going to fight for every yard. But there are times to do that, and there are times that you should not do that. And I'm not saying one of the that this. There was a moment in this game yesterday where they blew a 28-7 lead late in the fourth quarter. But this team is just, is right now in disarray. And, you know, when you have, you know, your, your defensive coordinator, Allen Williams, leaving the team, and you're, having, you're, you're saying Chase Claypool is, you know, basically banned from the facility. Mm-hmm. And you blow a lead like that to a team that just got trucked by 50? You're looking for the worst team in the NFL. I give you, Amber, the Chicago Bears. I agree. I concur. No argument here from me. Another one of those quarterbacks that needs to work on that is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's a little Uh, too run first right now. As great as AR has been surprising me. AR has looked good so far this season for a rookie. You know, he, he really does look like a player who's going to be able to play in the NFL and look really good in that Indianapolis system over the years. But he is a little bit too run first. Like it ain't college anymore. And that's one of those things that, that they have to learn. And 
heck, listen, Josh Allen's still learning it, right? So yeah, even even some of the greats aren't perfect at that, at executing that. So the Bears are a disaster. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of people thought they were going to be a disaster, and apparently not, because the Tampa Bay Bucks are sitting at 3-1 and one on the season. They beat the Saints 26-9 to nine in a game that was not close. New Orleans doesn't look very good. Whoa, but Baker Mayfield... Team is having a career resurgence here, Ian. I mean, shout out to Baker. 25 of 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns, one interception in that game. Todd Bowles, he is the Bucks head coach. Here's Bowles on Baker's early success. Tough. He made some throws, long ones and short ones. He made some throws. He stayed away from sacks for the most part. Almost gave away a pick, but he came incomplete, so we didn't count that one, but... He played a heck of a ball game. You know, Bake's tough. He fits in here. He understands the offense very well. The guys love to play for him, and he works for us. He got the low-key, like, ins- almost pseudo-insult in there of his quarterback. Which you know, I like love. The constructive criticism is very coach-speak, surrounded by the compliments. Yeah, coachable win, right? I mean, yeah. didn't play perfect, you know, football, but was – Beyond good enough to win, as you mentioned, the numbers twenty five of thirty two, two forty six, three tuds, and the one pick. And that's where I love Todd Bowles coming, going. Well, almost two. Got a little mm-hmm. lucky on the other one. But you you called this going back to his last is the five games he played at the end of the season with the Rams. You saw flashes of the guy who went with the Browns and beat Pittsburgh in a playoff game in Pittsburgh. This is the Baker Mayfield right now has found a new home and and through the first quarter of the season. Is he not your NFL comeback player of the year? Yeah, might be. he might be. He's certainly part of that conversation. Yeah. It's a heck of a story so far for Baker and this Tampa Bay Bucks team. We'll see if it continues to keep up. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Marlins, Phillies, game one, 8 8 p.m. first pitch. Coverage will begin right here on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Television at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the call. Eduardo Perez, ESPN Major League Baseball analyst, and Jordan joins us here. And thanks so much for a few minutes of your time. I want to start here, and Jordan, because I don't know if people realize that the first GM in Major League Baseball history, Kim Ng, is now taking the team that is qualified for the fewest postseasons in Major League Baseball history to the postseason in the Miami Marlins. How important do you think that is? No, that's huge. I mean, let, let's dig even deeper. You know, if the Marlins have won it twice, the World Series twice, right? In 97 and 03, both times they came out of the wild card. And they've only been to the postseason three times in their history. One was in 2020 in the short and abbreviated season. So we're going to not count that in a full season. Both times they've made it to the wild card, they've ended up being the chance. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Kimming gave their team a chance when not a lot of people thought they should be going for it. She made some trades that, look, they panned out. They needed pop. He ended up getting pop. They got Jake Berger. Uh, they they needed uh, more pop and a switch hitter and a veteran presence. They went out and got Josh Bell, and it's paid off. Jorge Soler was on the IL. He comes back, and now you have a trio of guys that can do a lot of damage, and in the middle is Jazz Chisholm Jr., who is must-watch TV. Eduardo, I'm gonna, I'll, be, I'll be brutally honest. I'm going to miss the noon central, 1 o'clock Eastern, First pitch in wild card baseball, right? I mean, it, it got you invested. Yeah. It was like it was almost like the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Like we got games, man. Here we go. Let's get it. Are, are do you are you going to miss that also? Or are you, or, or are you okay with you know all the late the meaning late like you know I think Rays Rangers is at three oh eight Eastern time, but it's not that noon first pitch. Do you like this new format? Hey, look, programming and commercials pay us, so I'm not going to complain too much. <laughs> but I will say, I will say this for the average fan, and let's say for in my case, where I'm going to get to the ballpark most likely around 3:30, I'm not going to be able to see a lot of those games. And if it was a 12 o'clock game, I'd be able to at least see the first game of the day. You know, getting right. the vibe, getting the motions, and the whole thing. But what I do like is that now it's a best of three. And I think that plays heavily into a series when it comes to pitchers, maybe a team that has one dominant guy and he will go in the wild card and you get in because of that one dominant guy. Now it's more of a team effort. You're, no, you're going to need the bullpen. You're going to need that number two starter. And the way it's worked so far, it looks like that's how it's going to be. And it's, you know, it's, it's sad that Brandon Woodruff from, the Milwaukee Brewers is now out at the beginning of the postseason. Hopefully we'll see him again. But for the first round, he's going to be out. And let's see if that actually hurts the Brewers as they lean heavily on pitching. Eduardo Perez joining us here on Amber and Ian. Again, you can watch Marlins Phillies game one coverage begins on ESPN radio and television, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You talked about some of those pieces on the Marlins. Uh, Let's talk about the rotation. This Marlins team a little beat up, but what do you expect from the rotation? Yeah, they are very beat up. And especially when you have Sandy Alcantara, who was the reigning Cy Young Award winner, he's out. You had Trevor Rogers. He, he strained his bicep early in, in early in the year, uh, but then you also had Eddie Perez, who who did a really nice job for the Marlins. 
They shut him down a little bit just to make sure he doesn't get overextended in innings. Now, he also has shoulder inflammation, so he's out as well. Uh, and not having those two big horses, I think, plays. But look, you have Jesus Lusardo, who's had some postseason experience as a reliever, not as a starter. He's been their main guy. He's been their most consistent guy all year. He'll take the ball in game one. Braxton Garrett uh, should be taking the ball in game two. And if necessary, will they go with Johnny Cueto? Will they go with Edward Cabrera? That remains to be seen. But it's the bullpen that's going to have to come up big. They've been looking for that closer. And they finally got one in Tanner Scott. Uh, he's been able to save some games down the stretch. But Kim Ng made a move. They, she made a move with uh, with the Mets early on to get David Robertson. He didn't pan out well for them. And they made him earlier. It was A.J. Puck who had, the, who had the, the closing role. He didn't pan out well as well. But they're going to have to play big in setup roles and in middle reliever roles and get big outs, maybe if it's in the sixth and seventh inning, to be able to get the ball to Tanner Scott if they have a chance. Eduardo, you, you've seen all of these teams, so you you would be great on figuring out, all right, all right, is there a team out there that nobody's talking about that might be able to make a deep run in these MLB playoffs? If there's one team out there that nobody's talking about that you kind of like, who is it? You know, the Minnesota Twins. Everybody, because they come from the Central, because they, you know, in the West, you had the Astros and the Rangers. They were battling out. The, the Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays, they were battling out. And that's all we talked about. We stayed away from the Central a lot uh, in both divisions. And the Minnesota Twins, ever since they got Edward Julian on that, on that team offensively, it seems like this has been a team that has been able to take off really well. Um, not only that. They have a bullpen that I think is absolutely nasty. When you have Brock Stewart as a middle guy that has been absolutely filthy for the Minnesota Twins, you've got John Duran who throws um, 100-plus easily uh, without effort, Caleb Theobar, uh, Emilio Pagan, Louis Verland. There's a lot of guys out there that have done a nice job from the bullpen standpoint. And if you have shutdown pitching, you're going to give yourself an opportunity. And that's what the Minnesota Twins have. They, they're going to give themselves an opportunity because of their bullpen. Eduardo Perez, ESPN Major League Baseball analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. The Phillies and Marlins have never met in the postseason before. It's a bit of a weird matchup, Eduardo, because we've just seen it so rarely. These two teams have never even been above 500 in the same season before traditionally it's a it's a weird pairing talk to me about the expectations in terms of excitement is this something that we should be watching with the true expectation you mentioned the injuries there to the marlins that the marlins can actually get this done or are we going to see phillies face the braves in the nlds well on paper amber on paper it's the marlins are a heavy underdog with the, the team that the phillies have uh, with Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, just to name the top of the order. Nick Castellanos is having a great year, uh, especially bouncing back from last year. You have the catcher, JT Realmuto, who was originally a Marlin. So he's going to be facing his old team in the postseason. you got Bryson Stott this year, has turned it around against the fastball in a major way. Alec Bohm has um, shown that he can handle the bat right there in the middle of the order. They have good defense this year. Uh, if you, and then the pitching with, with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, who stands to be a free agent, it's, it's a really good deep team that Dave Dombrowski 
who was the general manager the last time the Marlins won, is back at it again and, and is trying to, to, to do it and try to get to the World Series once again with the Philadelphia Phillies. He has constructed a very deep staff, a deep bullpen, and on paper they shouldn't lose. But look, that's on paper. At 8.08, first pitch is going to be thrown tomorrow, and anything can happen. Luis Arise will be back in the lineup for the Marlins. He could be that spark plug to get on base. Let's see how his ankle will, will uh, how he deals with his ankle issue. But they still have a chance, and it's the comeback kids. That's been their story all season long. The Marlins have come back more than any other team when they're down by three. So don't count them out because it's the seventh inning and the Marlins are down three. They've done it before. Skip Schumacher has done a brilliant job with a team that does not have yet talent ready to win a World Series, but they're in the postseason, and anything happens in the postseason. Last one for me, Eduardo, and we always appreciate your time here on ESPN Radio, just getting ready for the glory that is MLB postseason starting tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. You are so good about going around and taking these random photos where I think they, I think they, they link your phone now to the TV cameras, the stuff that you that you catch, you know, in whether it's in, in BP or whatever it is. What what are you when you're down there on the field, what are you looking for and capturing on your phone? Um I'm capturing everything I can, uh, something that the fans uh, really won't be able to see. And if I'm on the field and I can see something in the cage, I'll capture that. If it's in the dugout, I'll capture that as well. I just, I like to be able to take the fan to where they're not, they're not able to go, but still stay within the limits and not get in trouble with Major League Baseball or with ESPN. <laughs> but I think it's the right, you know, you, you have to protect yourself yeah, a little bit, yeah. right? But, but, but at the same time, you have to be able to, um, to be that source. And I don't do it often, but when I do, I think it's because it's important to be able to, to show and explain to the fan why a certain thing is the way it is. That's awesome. Perez ED1, if you want to follow him on the gram and see more of what he's capturing on his phone. Eduardo Perez, again, catch him on the call. The game coverage for Marlins Phillies begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on both ESPN Radio and on ESPN Television. Eduardo, thanks. Okay, thanks, Amber. Thanks, Ian. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, story time with Ian Fitzsimmons, one of our favorite times. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Coming down the stretch here on 
Amber and Ian. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to miss a noon first pitch. I'm not going to lie to you. But 308, I'm, I'm locked in. I mean, it's in. not that. It's, it's, it's not go. making you wait very long, though. I know. Right? I mean. I know. I know. You, you, you I, got until 308, I, I, a couple hours there. It, you can, you it, can hang. It was starting to feel like the NCAA tournament, right? You know, where you had playoff baseball, lunchtime. Let's go. But, I mean, I'll adapt. I'm good. You'll adapt. Texas yeah, Tampa good. Bay. They'll I'm get good. it going. 308 yeah, p.m. Eastern Toronto, Minnesota's four thirty eight p.m. first pitch. Arizona, Milwaukee's a seven oh eight p.m. first pitch, and my Miami Marlins mm. and Philadelphia Phillies is an eight oh eight p.m. first pitch. Although I do live in the Tampa Bay area, so I could claim the Rays as well, and we'll just see. You know, just, hey, just see how it goes. Rangers, <laughs> where my that's, that's my wife, that's my daughter's squad, right? They don't going back to when I used to cover the Rangers in the. You know, 09, 10, 11, when the Rangers were going to back-to-back World Series, the Rays and Rangers, that no love loss. Those two mm-hmm. squads hated each other. So I'd like to see some sports hate kind of creep back in uh, with those two first pitch tomorrow. It'd be awesome. So all of that action you can hear right here on ESPN Radio. It is time now for my favorite segment. Let's get to it. It's story time with Ian Fitzsimmons. Off college and pro football weekends. Amber likes this because normally it ends up me making a fool out of myself or saying something stupid or having some kind of an no. idiotic, you know, moment on, on a road trip. But this is this is truly sports related. So Justin Thomas, PGA Tour golfer, two-time major champion, is at the pride of Alabama. Played in college golf at Alabama. Is one of Nick Saban's best friends. I mean, those two are thicker than thieves. And they always, when they play golf together, Amber, they are, Nick's asking him about the mental side of it. How do you block out the noise or whatever this and that. And, and Justin is doing the exact same thing with Saban. I mean, they, they are literally really, really, really good friends. And JT is to the point where when he won the Wanamaker Trophy, his first major, he pulled up to the Innisfree Irish Pub, my old bar, that Trip Rogers, Derek Purdy, have taken to a whole other level. He pulls up with a Wanamaker riding shotgun in his, in his truck with a seatbelt around it, gets out of the truck at opening time at Innisfree, and goes in and tells Trip Rogers, fill it up. And passes a damn Wanamaker around the bar, everyone doing, you know, chugging beer out of the Wanamaker trophy. I mean, That's that awesome. is JT. He's a man of the people. What did they fill it up with? Uh, I'm going to assume Budweiser. I'm going to go domestic <laughs> here, but you never know, right? But I'm, I'm going I'm, to just go the king of beers, right? Why not? And good question. I'll text Trip. I'll have that answer for you the next time we're on together. Research. Right. <laughs> it's a priority around here. So having said all of that, I was really looking forward to driving over. to, to, to start. I stayed in Tuscaloosa for Alabama-Mississippi State this weekend, which we had with Mark Kestisher and Kelly Stauffer. Drove over on Saturday morning and was looking, coming back. I was not going to stay in Starkville. I was going to come back and stay at Tripp's house. So after the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That eight game o- that didn't start until 9 p.m. Eastern was kicked off on that game. 8 o'clock, Stark, Vegas. And we, and we, they ran the ball a lot, thank goodness. So we the game ended around 1130 Central time. 
But what time did you get out of the stadium? Back out of the ho- back at the hotel at twelve oh five. You've worked a game with me, so you know right. how that is. So back at the hotel, I'm not long after. You know, okay. caught the escape, and you're back at the hotel around twelve twelve oh five. Um, go back, take the suit off, right? Get in the car, drive so you back. Had a hotel, but you yes. never stayed in the hotel. No, because- we did. Oh, hold on, I got there, showered, brushed my teeth, changed clothes, put the suit on, called the game. Back to the hotel, brushed my teeth, took the suit off, right? Put on the sweats again, drove back. And at the start of the trip, I was really looking forward to going back to the pub where Justin Thomas was pa- was passing around the Wanamaker Trophy mm-hmm. to watch the Ryder Cup, which was going to be live, right, on the final day. But here's the problem. We got our asses kicked on the morning session on day one. Yeah, we did. We were down four zip. Four nothing on the morning session day one. You put you put Team USA across a shirt, and I don't care if we're it's a peanut eating contest, golf, basketball, I don't care. I am emotionally invested. And to be eliminated on the morning session of day one, we get back toward the pub and Mark Daly, my producer, we turn the corner and the pub's packed, right? And he goes, are we going in to watch? I went, what do you think? Trip lives about a block down from, from his, his only son, right? Who's on the front porch, not watching football, mm-hmm. not watching the Ryder Cup, but sitting there with a big old tall glass of neat whiskey and his dog. And that was Trip Rogers because his good friend Justin Thomas and Team USA got our butts kicked morning session day one. So therefore, the moral of the story is you might look forward to something in a game of life. And just because you're looking forward to it, trust me, doesn't mean it's going to happen. Because we had we got we got there and it was like nine night straight to bed done history ball game end of conversation. The plan was one thing. The result Amber was something completely different. So you and did not sucked. go in the pub. No hell no. Because there was right nothing to watch from right Team USA. It. No game was over. I mean we were done. It was over. Morning session, day one. We checked the score after Alabama destroyed Mississippi State on the way home. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Daly, and he's like, is there any reason? I mean, you could have celebrated that, I guess. (laughs) The whole Alabama beating Mississippi State That we got back to Tuscaloosa at like 1.15 instead of 3 o'clock in the morning. That could have been a a celebration. By the way, the attention to detail on a whole other topic with Nick Saban, so normally they don't bus over to Starkville, right? It's no, it's normally an eleven a.m., two thirty or six o'clock kick, right? So they'll go over the night before, because of the unique start time at eight o'clock central. Alabama stayed in Tuscaloosa like I did, and they bust over at four thirty in the. They left Tuscaloosa at four thirty in the afternoon, pulled into Stark Vegas at six. Never even went to a hotel. Didn't do a walkthrough. Basically treated it like a home game. They stayed at their home hotel, right, mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa. Bust over like they were going to Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, albeit an hour and a half longer drive. And then rolled right in, played the game, 
kicked the envelope in the hell out of Mississippi State and drove back. That, that, I guess it was a successful plan on hell Nick Saban's yes, part. You think? Right? Did you make anything of that with Bama? Because Bama, uh, there's been a lot of talk around Look, Bama. Uh, uh, Is this going to be Saban's final year? Is Bama still Bama? Watching him with three minutes to go in the game, they're up 40 to 17, and he's 10 yards from me, mother ruining his entire secondary because they missed a coverage. He goes, I can go out there and cover better than that. I mean, it was. If you don't, if you think this man is done, you are insane because the intensity he had with three minutes to go in the game, up forty to seventeen, Amber, and this team plays with an edge to them, like they don't want to be the team that ended the dynasty. If you're going to hike your leg on Bama right now, do so <laughs> on your own peril because that man is emotionally invested in this team and they are in him as well they were impressive 71 years old nick saban still still just over there screaming at college kids when they don't do what he wants which is what you do when you're a coach i'm just surprised he still wants to do it i always Carroll right now Pete carroll 70 watching him right now football i'm surprised he wants to do it too I, I, i just the competitive nature of these of these men that do this insane job, insane, into their 70s, I cannot relate. I can relate, however, to Q Myers. He's coming up next. He's going to keep you updated on Giant Seahawks. Roll Tide.